Jeremiah chapter 42, verse 1. And they come nigh all the heads of the forces, and Yohanan son of Korea, and Jezaniah son of Hoshiah, and all the people from the least, even unto the greatest. 2. And they say unto Jeremiah the prophet, Let we pray thee, our supplication fall before thee, and pray for us unto Jehovah thy God, for all this remnant, for we have been left a few out of many, as thine eyes do see us. Yohanan and all the other people came to Jeremiah and asked him to pray to the Lord and give them a word. This is very significant because for years and years nobody would listen to Jeremiah. They tried to shut him up and they didn't even want him to give a word from the Lord. And they had no desire to know what the Lord wanted from them. But now the remnant that are left are turning to the Lord to ask questions. Maybe Gedaliah's mistake in not asking the Lord was because he had lived in a society that for decades didn't care what God thought, so it just never occurred to him to ask the Lord. But now that he's dead, the people left behind do want to know what the Lord wants them to do. 3. And Jehovah thy God doth declare to us the way in which we walk, and the thing that we do. They actually want to make a covenant with God. The Lord made a covenant with their ancestors many years ago, and they broke it over and over and over. But now they want a covenant again. They're literally saying that they will obey him if he protects them. And that's the same covenant that you and I need with the Lord today. We need to obey him so that he gives us salvation, which is protection from eternal torment. That's the covenant that the Lord has always had with his people. We're incapable of obeying him except by faith with the righteousness of Jesus Christ in us, which can only happen by faith. And that's why we can't take credit for obeying the Lord, because we don't have our own righteousness. We can't force ourselves to be good with willpower. We have to have faith in order to do the right thing. But we do have to obey his covenants. Unfortunately, in churches today, they teach you that you don't have to be righteous, that because Jesus is righteous, God will only look at his son and he'll ignore all the sin that you're doing. And that is absolutely nowhere in the Bible. It's not in the New Testament or the Old. God didn't become blind because his son died on the cross. And God didn't become stupid because his son died on the cross. The Lord still is aware of our sin at all times until we repent and we start walking in righteousness by faith. In the Bible, it says that Jesus makes us righteous. It doesn't say that the Father pretends we're righteous. But in churches today, they teach you that the Father is pretending that you're righteous because his Son is righteous. And that isn't in the Bible at all. Jesus himself makes us righteous. He turns us into new creatures who no longer want to sin. That doesn't mean that we're perfect or that we never sinned, but it does mean that by faith we can actually resist temptation, whereas before we were born again we could not resist temptation. But we still have to resist. The Lord is never going to become stupid so that we can keep sinning as long as we want. His Son died 
so that we can walk in righteousness and have victory over sin, not so that we'll be stuck in the same sinful lifestyle that we had before. Otherwise, his son would have died for nothing. And Jesus didn't die for nothing. So now Jeremiah is going to pray for the people. 4. And Jeremiah the prophet saith unto them, I have heard, lo, I am praying unto Jehovah your God, according to your words, and it hath come to pass, the whole word that Jehovah answereth you, I declare to you, I do not withhold from you a word. As true to his character, Jeremiah always tells the truth, no matter how painful it may be. So Jeremiah warns them, I'm going to tell you exactly what God tells me. I'm not going to make anything up just to cheer you. If it's negative, it's going to be negative. 5. And they have said to Jeremiah, Jehovah is against us for a witness true and faithful, if, according to all the word with which Jehovah thy God doth send thee unto us, we do not so. They're making a promise to Jeremiah and to God, saying, Whatever God tells us to do, we are going to do it. Otherwise, we deserve his punishment. 6. Whether good or evil, to the voice of Jehovah our God, to whom we are sending thee, we do hearken, because it is good for us when we hearken to the voice of Jehovah our God. They're saying, no matter what he wants us to do, whether we have to suffer or whether he will help us, we're still going to obey him because it's always good to obey him, no matter what the circumstances. And that's a great attitude for you and I. We shouldn't be God's fair-weather friend and only obey him when everything is great and we're getting what we want. We should have a covenant with the Lord whereby we always obey him, even through the fire, even through persecution, even through temptation. 7. And it cometh to pass, at the end of days, that there is a word of Jehovah unto Jeremiah. See how God answers when he's ready to answer? A lot of people are so unaccepting of waiting on the Lord that if he doesn't answer them right away, they'll just make up something, and they'll believe the first thought that comes into their head, and they'll claim that that's from the Lord, even when it isn't. Wait on the Lord. Be patient. It might not be tonight. It might not be tomorrow when he answers you. It might not even be this year, depending on what the question is. You may have to wait a while, but don't make something up in your mind. Believe what he tells you when he tells you. So after quite a few days, the Lord finally answered Jeremiah. 8. And he calleth unto Johanan, son of Korea, and unto all the heads of the forces that are with him, and to all the people from the least even unto the greatest. 9. And he saith unto them, Thus said Jehovah, God of Israel, unto whom ye sent me to cause your supplication to fall before him. A supplication is a prayer that includes a request. They wanted to know from the Lord what he wanted from them, so that they could get deliverance from the oppression of Ishmael. 10. If ye do certainly dwell in this land, then I have builded you up, and I throw not down, and I have planted you, and I pluck not up, for I have repented concerning the evil that I have done to you. The Lord is telling them, Don't leave Judah. You have to stay here in faith, and I will build you up and protect you. Don't get afraid and run to Egypt, which is what 
some of the people were considering doing. 11. Be not afraid of the king of Babylon, whom ye are afraid of. Be not afraid of him, in affirmation of Jehovah, for with you am I, to save you and to deliver you from his hand. Today we have a lot of fear because there are evil, elite people who control a lot of governments around the world, and they dictate our lives even against the Constitution and against international codes and laws, and they get away with it. But we aren't to fear those people, and we aren't to fear if we have an evil president or an evil prime minister or whatever. We're only to fear the Lord because we're citizens of his kingdom. Yeah, we do have to live in this world and obey the laws, but it's the Lord who we really fear, and it's him who we look to for protection. The Lord is telling them, even though you're under the government system of Babylon, it's me who you need to fear. 12. And I give to you mercies, and he hath pitied you and caused you to turn back unto your own ground. God says, If you fear me, I will cause Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to have pity on you and allow you to survive here in Judah. When we fear the Lord, he can cause even evil officials to take pity on us or to overlook us to our benefit. 13. And if ye are saying, We do not dwell in this land, not to hearken to the voice of Jehovah your God. 14. Saying, No, but the land of Egypt we enter, that we see no war, and the sound of a trumpet do not hear, and for bread be not hungry, and there do we dwell. Now the Lord is telling them through Jeremiah, I will bless you if you stay here in faith and you trust me to take care of you in your homeland. But if you run to Egypt for protection because they have a strong government, they have an army, they have food, they have supplies, if you run to them for worldly protection, this is what will happen. 15. And now, therefore, hear ye a word of Jehovah, O remnant of Judah. Thus said Jehovah of hosts, God of Israel, if ye really set your faces to enter Egypt and have gone in to sojourn there. 16. Then it hath come to pass the sword that ye are afraid of doth there overtake you in the land of Egypt, and the hunger, because of which ye are sorrowful, doth there cleave after you in Egypt, and there ye die. So don't run to the world. Cling to the Lord. Trust in Him. He will provide. We don't have to do what the pagans do to get our needs met. And here the Lord is telling Yohanan and his men and all the other people in Judah, don't run to Egypt for protection. I am your protection. And if you do go to Egypt, I'm going to let you get killed there and starve there. Even though you would have gone there to have a good life, you're not going to have a good life. 17. Thus are all the men who have set their faces to enter Egypt, to sojourn there. They die by sword, by hunger, and by pestilence, and there is not to them a remnant and an escaped one because of the evil that I am bringing in upon them. The Lord says, I will make sure that whoever runs to Egypt is going to die because of their lack of faith. They will either die by the sword, by hunger, or by disease. And those of you who stay will blossom and flourish, and I will take care of you. 18. For thus said Jehovah of hosts, 
God of Israel, as poured out hath been mine anger and my fury on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so poured out is my fury upon you in your entering Egypt, and ye have been for an execration, and for an astonishment, and for a reviling, and for a reproach, and ye do not see any more this place. You might say to yourself, why is God so angry and so punishing if they go to Egypt for protection? And it's because it's a lack of faith. In the Bible, every time we have fear, it's a lack of faith. That means that we don't really believe God is God. We're looking to the world to save us because we don't really believe that God has the power to save us. It shows that we don't believe that the true God has any real power over us. And it's a huge slap in the face to the one true God. And that's why we shouldn't put our faith in anything but him. The Lord's already saved their lives from the Chaldeans and the Babylonians. And for them to then run to Egypt for help would be hideously evil after all that God has already done for them. Egypt always represents sin. So they're running back to a sinful lifestyle. It's a land of paganism. When the Lord took the Israelites out of Egypt, that represented salvation for you and I when he took us out of a lifestyle of sin, which is what Egypt taught the Israelites. When they left, they still had a lot of the sinful practices that they had learned when they were living in Egypt. So by trusting in the world, we learn to sin. 19. And Jehovah hath spoken against you, O remnant of Judah, do not enter Egypt. Know certainly that I have testified against you today. 20. For ye have showed yourselves perverse in your souls. For ye sent me unto Jehovah your God, saying, Pray for us unto Jehovah our God. And according to all that Jehovah our God saith, so declare to us, and we have done it. Jeremiah is saying, You guys are perverted. The Lord has testified against you that you want to go to Egypt, and he's told you not to go. And you asked me to pray to get a message from the Lord, but you were already planning on going to Egypt. Your hearts are already in sin, even though your feet haven't led you to sin yet. Jeremiah is reminding them to look at their hearts. It isn't just the outward action that counts, it's the state of our heart. What is our faith really in? The people apparently wanted a blessing to go to Egypt, but the Lord isn't going to give them that. He's calling them out and saying, If you go to Egypt, I'm going to destroy you. 21. And I declare to you today, and ye have not hearkened to the voice of Jehovah your God, and to anything in which he hath sent me unto you. 22. And now know ye certainly that by sword, by famine, and by pestilence ye die in the place that ye have desired to go in to sojourn there. It sounded good at the beginning of the chapter because they were asking Jeremiah for a word from the Lord, and they promised that whatever God said they would obey. But then the Lord revealed to Jeremiah that that isn't the state their hearts are in. They actually had no desire to obey the Lord. They just wanted the Lord to bless what they were already planning to do. And Jeremiah has called them out and said, The Lord sees your heart that you have no desire to obey him. You're just looking for a blessing to cover the sin that you're already committing. A lot of Christians also do that. 
they want to tell lies. They want to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. They want to buy lottery tickets. They want to cuss and swear and listen to dirty jokes, but they still want God to bless them in their sin. And without any conscience whatsoever, they still go to church and ask the Lord for a blessing. That's what these people are doing here in this chapter with Jeremiah and with God. And that concludes Jeremiah chapter 42.